We're back. The Whiskey Hue, a podcast from three brown startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking emerging media, AI, blockchain, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. Happy three brothers, <laughs> various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. I got, I got, I got to cut that out because we might get, uh, we might get a cease and desist on the. Uh, Man, you, you <laughs> I'm telling you, I didn't that quiet. You weren't that close. That was that close. Okay. Well, I was, I was going to keep on going. That's what I'm saying. I had to stop. You went for Nile Rogers. You ended up with Herbie Hancock, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Still get you a Grammy, but you know, <laughs> there's only one of those dudes we still talk about. All right, go ahead. So what's, up, so what's up, fellas? What's going on? Another week in the books. We're close to getting some live NBA action. Mm. Day away. Um, you know, if the bubble doesn't burst, the bubble's holding up. Bubble's yeah. holding up. What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Speaking of the bubble, let me ask you a question. All right. Uh-oh. So you guys are more in tune with like social media and all this kind of stuff. What I got to get a message to some folks how to stay in the bubble and away from Mrs. Bubbles <laughs> at the strip club. Come on, Lou Williams. What yeah. the hell, man? Yeah, <laughs> Come man. on. The whole Clippers team, half of them were like quarantined after the fact, right? No, that was, that was, it, was, it wasn't related. So they didn't even try to put those two together. No, they said Lou Williams. He said he was picking. Well, he said he was picking up chicken fingers or something at the strip club because they probably have great chicken fingers. It's not his well, fault. If you've ever been to the Creative Performing Arts uh, <laughs> of Magic City. Well, hold, hold, hold. <laughs> Name, Name Magic City. <laughs> it's an African American creative creative performing arts uh, place. It's, it's called Magic don't, City. That's don't, what, don't call that performance arts. You can't call it creative. <laughs> I mean, you've arts. never been. You must not oh, have ever oh, been. Oh, Maybe before. I've been, I've been, I've, listen, hey, hey, in my in my previous life, I, yeah, I have been too bad. But here's one thing I will <laughs> exactly. Here's one thing I will say. I have never, ever, ever, ever wanted to eat food. At a gentleman's club, I, you know. Listen, I'm not saying it's not it's not world renowned. I'm not saying it's not delicious. I'm not saying the food isn't great. Something about the creative performing arts of the gentleman's club and food mixing together <laughs> just doesn't work for me. Listen, like, listen, Mary, the married guys just letting you sink, man. Go ahead. <laughs> We're not gonna say anything. We got people listening. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's move it on. Let's move it on. <laughs> I'm trying to get in trouble. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah. Like, cut them off, cut them off. <laughs> no, but yeah, everything else is cool. You know, um, I'm not sure if everyone's watching, but I was sitting up there watching C SPAN. Um, you know, they, to, <laughs> no, they got the text. The text audience of one. <laughs> Apparently, audience of one. <laughs> no, it was hot topics today. They had uh, all, all the billionaires oh, up there. They right. had Bezos, Tech, Zuckerberg. Ain't nothing Tim like. There's nothing like a bunch of people who 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 probably who who had their who had their staff write all their uh, questions and they don't know half of those answers questions answers yeah, no those questions. Always, <laughs> drill, always the drill the tech CEOs and these guys are just like yeah uh, yeah I will get back to you. <laughs> yeah yeah they were trying to put the hot seat on them though. That's did they, one thing they get, I, I did look at it and I was like somebody put the somebody put the uh, put Jeff Bezos to the fire. He was he was stuttering and everything else. Uh, it, was, um, it was actually the the uh, I can't remember her name. AOC? No, it wasn't AOC, okay. but it was the other lady who made the speech recently about um, 
about um bar um bar bar female i'm losing i'm blanking on her name yeah but either way she put she she put jeff bezos on the on the hot fire and oh, has wow. a conversation around you know their anti um antitrust and monopolistic um uh practices around the third party sellers et cetera et cetera so it was good it was good theater t v to have okay. on in the background but you know that's kind of what i've been on and what i've been watching and you know life is getting boring you know like i said <laughs> audience of one did he, did he get it worse than Zuckerberg? Because Mark Zuckerberg is a villain of that group. That's what they make him out to be, at least. Yeah, uh, today, yes. And I think that was specifically because it was his first time yeah, ever yeah. being grilled by him. Um, so they've been grilling Zuckerberg for a while. Yeah, so man. Like, you know, Sunshine, Tim Cook are like in the, in the corner, like, just let those two fry, man. Get on by, man. Stay right here. <laughs> like, let's like, be quiet. It's like Prince. You don't look him in the eye, man, because shit happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should move on. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So today we're gonna, um, we're gonna have a good conversation. But before we do that, we want to talk about our whiskey of the day. It's something that um, I think we've all had before. Um, but you know, a little kick it off. What you introduce the whiskey of the day? Okay, uh, it's Johnny Walker Double Black. All right, we're doing this one lower price point in our DMs. People slipping in. Telling us, hey, you got to bring the price point down. So this is what we did, man. $38, $40 at a Costco, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's good. <laughs> I'm saying, hey, if you, if you want to live on the fringes, we got to help everyone out. Uh, so it's it's actually, it's a cool, so I don't, I've, it's well documented. I don't like the regular Johnny Black. Um, grew up on it, handed it off to Anthony, and he thinks it's the mecca of wow. scotch. Wow. Blended, blended whiskey. Wow. I moved on. 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 No, but like Fired. this one, it's got a, it's got a nice little punch to it, but and it's smoky and it's smooth. A couple rocks, and it's a. I always think it's a fall, summer, winter drink. Even though we've had ninety five, it was ninety nine here the other day. We're hitting this because we're inside the AC. It's a good drink. I like. <laughs> yeah, and then another thing I want to layer on to that is because uh, Johnny Walker is going to be celebrating their two hundredth anniversary uh, this year, so. They're going to be releasing a bunch of limited edition uh, whiskeys um, that fall in line. I think four specifically, a different blend. So I would definitely uh, dive into that a little bit later. But you know, it's kind of inspired us to go down the double back path, double black double path. Back. It's smooth. Pick it up, and it's it's run by, <laughs> you know, owned by the portfolio company Diageo, liqueurs it, and spirits, yeah. and that's run by POC. There you go, Menzies. Yeah, he's a dope, dope dude. All right, look at that. Look at that. Oh. <laughs> that was very, that was very, very streamlined. That. There we go. There we go. So, so today on the Whiskey Hue, okay, so today on the Whiskey Hue, we want to talk about um, a hot topic that I don't know if everyone's been paying attention to, but uh, it's been kind of near and dear on CNBC and other, all the uh, business news channels and uh, business news uh, um, magazines and articles and online platforms are talking about a bunch of the ways that is evolving and shifting. And one thing that's came up uh, recently was SPACs. So what I want to do is just uh, one, let our expert dive deep into that to start. But the reason for me that I, it, it became a, a hot topic was I recently read an article around um, the former Moneyball GM who, um, who Big. pretty much was at, in Oakland and he, um, mm-hmm. what's his name again? Remind me. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. It's uh, a good movie. The book was good too. Yeah. So he, he, good? he okay. just ended a 200, yeah. 
million dollar SPAC to go out pretty much with a blank check to find companies. So, you know, how much was it? How much was it? I think it was 200 million. Okay. All right. Yeah. They come in all shapes and sizes. We're going to talk a whole bunch of them today. Um, Let's do right. this, man. So here, here's the thing. So we get these in text. We get them in our group chats. We get them in our DMs along with the scotch requests. We get, hey, tell me about SPAC, hedge fund versus private equity, short selling, pair trades, LLP, options, secondary market. At some point, we'll hit some of these. Probably get to one or two today. There's <laughs> sure. a lot to talk about. And it's a dense topic, right? So just so you know, up top, Anthony always reminded me, this is for educational purposes only, not advice. Speak with your accredited financial advisor before doing any of the following. Whiskey, he was not liable. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> at, at all. At I all. should have done it in a British accent, all right? And we would have been smarter. All. smarter. I might, we might put this in a text in our promotion, too. <laughs> <laughs> Do it in a British accent. I'm going to impress myself because I'm Indian. All right. So anyway. <laughs> so, oh. All right. Uh, man. All right. Let's move forward. <laughs> I might have to edit that out. All right. SPAC explosion. You guys have heard about it. We, we've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, right? And jump in wherever because this is just... We'll go through, I think we'll hit it up. There's a bunch, it's just another way to go public with your private company. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about companies that have successfully done it, uh, advantages and disadvantages of it, why we work, thank God, did not go, go this route because we would have been screwed, right? Uh, and why the irregular traditional IPO process is good at scrutinizing those types of shitty companies. <laughs> Sorry. And, <laughs> and notable money managers, you know, um, Clyde's a big Bill Ackman fan. He's got a jersey hanging on his wall behind him. He's a framed jersey. He brings him up often. So we're going to talk about him because he's done the largest uh, SPAC raise ever, $4 billion. All right. So let, and you're going to and before see. You, and, yeah. and before you dive deep, I just want to let everybody know that SPAC means special purpose acquisition companies. Yep. And they have one sole purpose. And it's been trending a lot right now, right? So let's go. Let's go through these uh, a handful of ways to go public. So IPO, everyone's heard of that uh, initial public offering, right? Ninety-eight, ninety-nine percent of companies go this route to become go from a private company to public company that we can trade on the stock market. And Apple did this, you know, some of the biggest names in the world, right? Amazon. So full package. When you do IPO, what that means, it's a full package, like a high profile buffet in a sense that you hire an agency in a sense, the bank serves like a Goldman Sachs serves as your agency and does the entire thing for you. So you do, you get with them the marketing material, investor roadshow to drum up interest so they can help set the price of the new shares that are issued. And this usually takes less than a year, nine to 12 months, right? It's a long time. Direct listing. We've heard about this. It's been happening a lot lately with some of our favorite companies. Uh, it's faster. Spotify, Slack did this just last year, 2019. Essentially, it lets shares in a private company automatically flip to on the public markets. So there's no new shares issued. And it takes about one month, two months, three months, less than three months generally, right? So that's the third one. So what's better between IPO and direct listing. So the reason you do direct listing, if you're in that caliber of companies, there's no underwriting cost. So you increase your liquidity, which means you have to pay less money. So you got more money that's liquid in your pocket. So there's, and there's no share dilution, no lockout periods, which means the earlier investors. So if us three invested in some company and it goes public um, in a direct listing, we our shares with whatever it is on the stock market, that's what it is. And it's not like, hey, if we had 10 shares of this company, all of a sudden you bring on 10 of the cats, ours are half that shares, no dilution at all. Uh, and it's a less expensive route than IPO. Acquisition. All right. We're getting to the sweet one. Next one. But acquisition is the next one. And before you move on, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I meant to yeah. ask you earlier. Before you move on, and 
one of the things you talk about uh, expenses, you know, direct listings, typically um, you avoid fees of like six to seven percent, oh, which yeah. could be a lot. I mean, up to like one hundred million dollars in in value that you're giving away when you're doing uh, IPO. So that's one of the, the biggest pros of, of not doing it. And that's that's the reason you're increasing liquidity. You're not giving that 50 to 150 million to someone else, some other bank to do this for you. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Great thought. And then so Instagram went public via acquisition uh, under Facebook's umbrella, like 2012, 2013, something like that. So that was their route. Now, SPAC, our baby for today. Special purpose acquisition company, as our Bill Ackman fan over here, Clyde Lee, just told us. <laughs> right. It's a great idea to create. And this is what it does. And we're going to walk through the five steps to get this from a company. From a shell to a company to IPO and all that stuff, right? So essentially, it's a cash shell. It's a public vehicle, right? Which allows a private company to bypass all the risks of going public. So it's a fast track IPO. So what they do, first step, we're going to go in steps to make it easy because it took a while for me to understand this when I first heard about it five years ago, five, six years ago. They've been doing this for decades. So it's been around for a long time. It's just really hot right now. So first step, a money manager, a la Bill Ackman or Chummit, uh, Paliapatia, he's doing one as well. He's got two out right now. A money manager sets up a new company. All right. They IPO this company. That's the second step. And it's also called an empty shell or a blank sh- check company because at origination, there are zero operations <laughs> and no actual revenue generating company as an underlying asset. So it's literally just a, a piece of paper saying, hey, you did this. We got this company. It's IPOing. You can buy shares in it. Now, um, Third, this money manager, like a Bill Ackman or somebody like that, raises capital for this company by selling shares in this blank sheet company, blank check company to other investors who trust his or her track record, right? So you're literally at this origination point investing in the manager versus investing in the business of SPAC because there is no company. There's no business yet. All right. So fourth, this money manager has two years generally to find a suitable company to buy out. So in the meantime, the raised money, and in this last case with, you know, with Chumith, it's like a couple hundred mil. With Bill, it's about $4 billion. It sits on a balance sheet of this new company, and it earns interest this entire time. Okay. Fifth, the money manager looks for a company and brings it to the shareholders. So he'll search. He'll do due diligence on for – it might take six months, a year, a year and a half – and he brings this company, if he finds it, a good quality company that he can get at a good price, he brings it to the shareholders who gave him the money initially, and they vote to approve or disapprove the deal. They approve? Cool. Move forward. Disapprove. The investors can exercise redemption rights, and they can recoup their money back. It's really quick, and it's without the hassle of doing all those investor road, show, road shows and scrutiny. So me, so if you're like on the poor end of the investor community, so you're not like making, you don't have $2 billion in the bank, these investors road shows are dope. You get invited. I've been to several of them and they put on by all the big banks and they whine you, dine you. And they're like, all right, man, I don't have 250 million to write you a check right now. So I'll see you later. Deuces. But you get to, you get to hang and they create good experience. It's a good time. Right. Uh, and so th- there's that. OK. Companies that have done this successfully. Right. Um, DraftKings. We all know them. Nicola Motors. Uh, we uh, talked about them before. Virgin Galactic, which Chumit, uh, Anthony's a big fan of. He's brought he's actually the board, a board member. Sure. Which one with uh, Virgin Galactic, his space, yes. uh, Virgin Space. Yes. Yes. I stood on a sub, 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 sub board. Oh, you are? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Dude, over there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Next, next time, just at Anthony's house. All right. And, uh, um, so here's, 
So think about this, right? So for some of these larger, mature Silicon Valley companies right now, they're lining up all their ducks because they know they have possible suitors. Money is cheap right now. So let's, let's, let me flip that and I'll get to it. So there's excess capital right now. Why is this happening right now? It's the right place and right time. We've had through this year, through July of this year, just today, $12 billion has been raised this way. A third of that was Bill Ackman, right? Dope. Via SPAC IPOs to close about 40 deals. All of last year, 2019, 13 billion. So already 1 billion shy in seven months, five months. We'll probably double this, probably get to like 20, 24, 26, maybe. Uh, so it's going to be, it's, it's going to be flying high. You're going to be hearing about these a lot. So it's the right place, right time. Why? A. Excess capital. The feds are literally handing out money right now. So banks can also hand it out to others investing cheaply. Right. And B SPACs are getting hold of these, this money because there's literally nowhere else to put it. <laughs> so they're running out of places to put this money that they have on their balance sheet. They want to deploy it to get some money back in return. So this is what's happening. So many private companies who are looking for liquidity, like startups that are almost at that unicorn status, they're trying to call Bill Ackman types and say, hey, look, we got this company. They're getting their ducks in order. Hey, look at us. Look at us. He's got a he's a fan. He's got a lot of fangirls right now calling him saying, look at our company because startups that are high profile, ready to ready to roll like Series B generally and up they're, they They want liquidity money and SPACs are liquidity providers because they got it on the balance sheet. So it's the perfect marriage. Right. Um, jump in wherever you want. We can go into advantages and disadvantage of this. No, 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 that's a good opening, opening, uh, uh, opening area. And then one thing I will add is that the big banks love this because they can charge fees similar to IPOs, but they can charge fees on these listings. No, sick fees. We're going to get into what Bill Ackman is going to get on this 400, 4 billion. Let me just put it out there. 20%, 800 million at least. Oof. Right. That's Oof. dope. And people trust him. Go ahead. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, and then, and then two things. One, I just want to clarify that the money ball, Billy Bean guy got, 500 million, not 200 million, like I said earlier. Sorry about that. Bought by companies. And, and like you were saying, that, you know, a lot of these people have credit, a lot of these people have credibility. And Billy Bean is known for analytics and sports. Yeah. So his SPAC is going to be centered on just that companies that are in the sports and analytics space. So one thing that I'm kind of have a question around, and maybe you can answer this for me, either one of you guys, is um, what's the difference between this and venture capital? Great question. So we've covered venture capital and stock markets before, which is why we weren't going to beat up a little bit. But venture capital is never at the well. No, I can't say never. It is. It can be. Andreessen Horowitz. They got twenty billion dollar funds. So venture capital is you take a stake. This is venture capital is a long term play. You're you're with the company seven to ten years. SPAC, you're in and out in two years. You got a company and then boom. Bill Ackman did this with Burger King ten years ago. Nine years ago, whatever it was, eight years ago. So the difference is venture is usually looking to help get into a company, help them grow and scale, and then sell them off. So that's always going to, majority of that's pre-IPO. This is already coming in as an, you're already coming into a public company where VCO is getting you pre-public, taking you public. Mm -hmm. That's one one big difference. There's a ton of differences we can do later on if you want. Um, we, we can definitely go down that road. Uh, but that's one huge, huge difference, right? Yeah, so there's yeah, advantages and disadvantages. To yeah, yeah. And there's some advantages and disadvantages so far. And we'll get into the WeWork thing because everyone's favorite company. All right. Advantages. Everybody's. Everybody's. <laughs> For a private company, it's easy way to market. Easy way to be a traditional IPO. And it doesn't take the, you know, it can take, you know, there's no negotiating. You're literally, you're negotiating with Bill Ackman and his team in that, in that 
uh, kind of example and you're negotiating price with that guy versus hitting up every bank and then doing this, selling your thing. It's yeah. like it's venture cap. You start up hitting up a venture cap or at a grander scale. Now these private companies hitting up these SPAC type of companies and saying, Hey, look at us. Um, it's one person you're dealing with and his team, his or her team. Um, from the investor standpoint, there's transparency. Finally, you brought up, but this is another point, uh, Clyde, to piggyback on what you're a differential of VC. VC, I'll be the first to say it. I'm in the space. A lot of these are assumption based. A lot of the numbers for projections are bullshit, <laughs> right? There's a lot of things that, because there's moving parts. Like we yeah. can't predict the stock market. We can't predict how someone's going to accept your new product, which is game changing, right? We don't know how that's going to be. The great thing about a SPAC is you're getting an underlying asset when, let's say, Bill Ackman, I keep referencing him because he's just top of mind and largest ever. You got to give him credit for that, no matter what you think of him. $4 billion SPAC, um, whatever company he goes out and shows to his shareholders, hey, shareholders, I think we should buy this company with the money that you put and put me in charge of. They're going to get to see the entire asset class, everything that a company's doing. Right. So you'll see all the business practices is everything short of filing the S1, which is all about a new product getting out into market, a new business getting out to market. So with the venture side, you don't have that really because they're all kind of based on assumptions. Right. These are actual real numbers that you can see and dig into their all their statements. So if you invest in a SPAC and you don't agree with the NAV, exercise your redemption rights and get out. Right. Mm. Simple as that. If, hold if on, you like hold on, it, yeah, yeah. Let me just jump in here. So, so yeah. from a, a, a VC, a VC is investing in a, a, a startup or whatever the hell, a, I don't know, Series A, Series B company. They only see so much of the financials or the business per, uh, overview, or there is limited, a limited insight. No, they see everything. So yeah, okay. good, great question. You see everything, right? Um, and but we know a lot of those numbers are built on assumptions versus gotcha. what actual because you're not you often you don't have a product in in the market yet, right? Gotcha. V, from the VC side with SPACs, they're generally going to go get a company that's dope and worthy of this kind of money. So they're out there selling. They're already out there. They're already yeah. at a. They're already at past. They're already in a growth stage or almost past a. They're they're an established company almost. Yep. Like an Airbnb could yeah. go this route, but they could probably get more going traditional route. Um, we work should have done this. So we work, they had an established business model. We, we saw that they had shitty practices and all this other stuff. There's fluff, not fluff in the numbers, but they're wasting a lot, bad, bad operational management. Right. So that's, that's what happened there, but that, that's the, a key differentiator. Um, so if you don't like the NAV and if you, or if you like it, get it down, get down with this deal because you got in early and at the IPO, I'm sorry, when it hits the market, you're probably going to get a pop and you can sell. You can get in and get out. Disadvantages, right? The time value of money. If I park money with you and, hey, Bill, Ackman, you're taking a year and a half, two years to do something with this money because you're doing your due diligence, but you're not finding a deal that makes sense to all of us. That's money. There's an opportunity cost of that. Could have been doing something yeah. else in the market with that. Now, there's it, the reason these are making so much sense right now, there's so much money. Hey, I'll give this cat 150 mil. 500 mil. I still got a whole other chunk of money over here I can deal with because I can get it for cheap, right? So they don't mind. Now, another disadvantage is uncertainty is the enemy of IPO. So what do we got going on right now? We got an election in 100 days. Mm -hmm. Might get fixed by Russia and China. That's 98, cool. 97, something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. And then COVID. Hey, man, Google just came out and said, hey, no one has to come back to the office for another year. And that's now. They're saying that in July of 2020. We don't even know how this thing's going to roll out. You know, flu season hits again, all this stuff. We don't know what's going to happen because Americans are being silly, but Europe and China are open for business for the most part. And here we are. 
you know. Um, yeah, so we're, if people just wear masks, we'd be we'd back on back on track. Anyway, um, things to consider. Eh. So it's America. In America. Uh oh, here we go. We die stupid. America. America. Freedom. We're, no, baby. we're number one, baby. 4% of the world's population, 25% of the cases. <laughs> we don't lose <laughs> anybody. <laughs> Shit. Oh, man. Um, so, you, so, like we said, you invest in the money manager initially if you're doing this, if you're putting money, parking money with a SPAC, a money manager, because, hey, you, there's no company. You don't know what they're going to invest it in. Now, I'll tell you why. If WeWork had gone through this, it would have been scary for us all. WeWork, thank God, thought they were a baller and went the traditional IP route because then True Banks got in there, looked at the numbers, saw that they're highly overvalued. They got some legitimate scrutiny on this company because you get to look at all the financials. And they said, that, hey, as soon as they got to market, it would have been at a crazy inflated price. But if they did this under SPAC, they probably could have made it to the market at the price they wanted. And then we would have to figure out the market would have to help us figure it out. Well, luckily, investors figured it out before it got to market, public market. So that's one great thing that we benefited from without. So we worked and get there. All right. Two more things. And I'll say it. notable money managers. And I keep mentioning them with active active specs. Bill Ackman raised four billion IPO. Twenty percent of that goes to management. And then they do these things called warrants. And warrants are different here than covenants and all that, like another deal. So warrant is it's basically a share in the company, in a sense, just to make it simple, right? Um, empty shells, underlying product revenue. Uh, he did this with Burger King, and then they got acquired by, I think, aren't they under Pepsi's umbrella or tr- uh, Yum Yum brand? One of those. They're under one of the brands now. He took them, and then he spun them off to some other group. He killed it. Um, Bill Ackman, the cool thing about this thing is he had to turn money away. Because he's like, there's no way I can do any more than $4 billion. So he actually had to cap it. He had a couple hundred mil to maybe a, a bill more coming his way. But, you know, and then what happens is, let's say Bill Ackman buys a company, Pershing Square, his, his fund, will yeah. usually put in a chunk of money as well just to top everything off and keep it good. Because you want that them to be an investor. So he probably promised the investors in, hey, we're going to be getting here. And Chumath Palihapitiya, he's got two of them out right now. And he, mm-hmm. shits on, he shits on this whole thing. He goes, his thing is, um, you know, you can do various sizes. You said 500 million with a Billy Bean, the other, he did a couple of years back. Um, Chumath thinks SPACs, they're going to squeeze out traditional IPO process long term due to like the clear advantages right now because the money's cheap. So he's got his, his name is IPOP, IPOB, and IPOC. <laughs> Stupid ass names. It's all about a billion, but one of them's got 360 million under management. The other one's got 750, 775 mil. So, so, that's dope. And he's going to get 20% off of that on both. And then it's just, when you play in these leagues, that's what the rich get rich. You know, that, that's, how, that's how it happens, right? Any other questions right there? No, no, that's pretty straightforward. And one of the things that I found that was funny that goes along with this is the quote was, the SPAC is a Vegas wedding. Um, pretty much you don't do any research. You just go and get married. Right? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Time and figure out who you're marrying. So, the biggest challenge that I read about was uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> with the, with the IPO, pretty much it gives you more time to get uh, review regulators. You run into the um, uh, issues ac- across the, uh, like WeWork hat. So that's yeah. one of the things that stood out to me around this whole process. But you know, blank check, blank check companies. That's great, great. Okay, so that's pretty much on the spec. Uh, any questions on there? Like, I wanted. To, so this stuff is hard to wrap your head around. So I like to put it, it's easier to do. And I think when we, I've got a bunch of events coming up at the end of August, September. So we can do those and I'll put them in slides and everything. And I think we should do that for here. We're just on a podcast. You got to talk it through. So try to talk it through, just break it down. 
don't well, I think, I, 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 so, so from our, from our, I would say from our listener side, and since I, I know them so well, um, that it's not, it's not the, it's not that they're out there, right? I think when you got, when we have people who are looking to, or they're, they're starting their own business up, right? And how they, you know, like some, like they tell, they tell a lot of people, like if you're going to create your business, of course, focus on your product, your customer, et cetera. But you also have to know your financial runway, how you want to build your company and grow it. How do you want to grow it in, in the sense of, do you go after with the idea that maybe an SPAC, that kind of investment side of it or, or, or IPOing or get VC, you know, which, which, which pathway do you really want to go on? How do you want to structure is a certain business? certain industry is better than others to go one route versus the other. I think maybe that's the way to look at this yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Just so I know, what's an SPAC? What? Listen, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> it's like, is Pac-Man plural? What the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> it's called SPAC. Where you been at the whole episode? You know, it's funny. You say SPAC. I just, I, when I first saw it, I naturally called it SPAC. It just makes Did more you sense. Say- he thought it was Tupac. He thought he just messed up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I digress. I digress. I was, like, I was like, hold on. Why are you coming at my neck? It's <laughs> back. Oh. back. What? Spack. Do you want to anyway, do like hedge it. funds versus private equity or short selling? If we talk short about short selling. I think, I think uh, since we went through that, I think short selling would probably be the only one, other one. Because uh, what's been happening now, the market's on a, on a great tear, right? Um, you got Tesla, who's going up probably in the last month alone, probably like 70, 80, probably 90, yeah. 90%. Um, all these big companies. So, you know, there's the market is a two-sided, uh, two-sided marketplace where you have somebody buying, you have somebody selling. So the short, short sales areas where a lot of the people who are thinking that the market's going to crash, are trying to make their big bets. And the big short was a movie that was created around shorting the housing market where I would recommend if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great story. Genius. Genius. Yeah. This guy was someone who was great with math, did the numbers, started noticing a lot of trends around housing, people going uh, bankrupt, foreclosing. And he just started betting against the housing market. And he made like multi-billion dollars. Uh, I forget his name, but, um, it was one that, you know, I can't remember either. Christian Bale played the role. though. I forget his real name, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Give us a little detail around shorts. Shorten. OK, so let's set it up. Right. We got a OK. Mark Murray. to market. Let's do let's do this. Um, mark to market. Right. Essentially means a regular stock. Um, a current stock price is, is whatever that current stock price is on mar- on the market. So I think Apple, whatever it was like, two seventy seven, it hit, it floated around there after C span. Audience of one, Clyde, it may have it may have gone down a little bit after they were on the grill at Congress. So <laughs> it was around that, right? So mark to market means the exact price it is live at that moment on the stock market. All right, just get those terms out the way. There's long and short holding of a stock. That's different than short selling. And let's explain. So long and short holding, it's a time held characteristic, right? So long hold is you hold a stock, you buy a stock today, you hold it for more than a year, you sell it next year, July 30th, or whatever the date, whenever you, you know, a year after you bought it, right? And you're going to get taxed at, you know, 15% tax bracket uh, for most people, 20% for the highest tax bracket and 0% for the lowest. If you're making under 40K, then you're going to get taxed, zero tax on holding it long. I didn't know that uh, until just recently. So, and then short, when you hold it for a short period of time, this means you hold it for less than a year. And your tax bracket 
plays accordingly. And that goes by your actual tax bracket. And I think the bottom two, again, 0%, which is, that's, that's a great win. So short selling is different than holding a stock short. And let's explain. Short sellers bet on and profit from a drop in the securities price. And I'll give you an example of this in a moment. So investor, it's going to be weird. It took me a while to figure this out. And I do it all the time now. So bear with me. We'll get there. Investors, they, an investor borrows a security and sells it on the open market, planning to buy it back later for less money. All right. Just let that sink. We'll, we'll revisit that. So short selling has a very high risk reward ratio. It can offer big profits, but losses can be a lot more than just buying a stock out. Right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. You need to really believe that this company is doing something a wrong or there's just a ton of volatility in a stock right now. So then you can play it like in a very, very short term period. All right. So those shorting people shorted stocks, they made like 50 billion during the initial COVID pandemic and they killed it. So short selling is when you bet against a stock and, and profit when it falls or, and you know, and you, and you do a lot of this when you see volatility, which is what I'm doing. Sometimes when you get into short selling, it backfires, right? So let's say with Tesla, there's a perfect example going on with them. People are saying, you know, we have a lot of people that we look up to. They're like, hey, at, when it was at $200, $300, people are like, hey, let's sell out of this. We, we did this early in one of our episodes. We're like, man, this is, this thing is like valued. It makes one fifteenth the cars of GM and Ford and all these cats and it's worth a lot more. And now it's the most, um, uh, highest valuation company in the world. People are selling, they're shorting the hell out of this stock. Well, guess what? Doesn't make sense. And, and to, to add to that point, Tesla is the one of the largest equity shorts in the market with about 20 billion in short interest. By um, far. They're, so in the, but here's another, here's another thing. It's a successful stock different than all the FANG stocks. Each and every one of the FANG stocks is one of the highest shorted companies as well. So two is Amazon, 13 billion. Three is Apple, 12 billion. Uh, Alibaba's in there. Microsoft is in there. Facebook is number seven. Eight is Netflix. G, nine is around 5 billion. So people, when things have a sky high valuation, hey, it's going to keep going up. They're like some cats are in there like they're Debbie Downers. They're like, hey, I think it's going to come down at some point. And they play that. And you can play both sides of the same stock. Uh, that's a that's a great trading scheme. So there's pros and cons to this, right? So there's potentially high profits and there's a little bit of capital required up front. But then you can lose you can, and you can use leverage. You can do this in a margin account. And you always have to do it in a margin account, uh, which is means generally retirement accounts are not that. It's just a straight up brokerage account where you can actually get a, a certain percentage up of what you actually have in the account. And let's say if you're going to, if you're going to do a hundred dollar bet, you have to have 150 at least. You have to have 1.5 amount in there to cover it just in case it goes up. So when you actually go and cover this trade, when you buy the shares back, you cover it. Okay. So let's, let's do this. Let's walk through an example to make this easy because it, it was tricky for me to understand in the beginning. Trader A believes that stock A currently trading at a hundred dollars will decline in price in the next few months. So it's currently at a hundred bucks. All right. They borrow a hundred shares. And immediately sell them to some other investor they never met and on the market. So they've they've already put 10k in now, right? So 100 times 100 shares, 10k, right? The trader is now short 100 shares since they sold something that they did not actually own, but they borrowed it, right? So in your brokerage account, in your margin account, it's just going to show a negative 10k. So if you had 20k in there before of cash and you did a short sell of around 10k, you now are going to it's going to look at it's going to look like you have 30k in there. It's just, but it, the 110K flip 
to dignify that it's a short sell position, it's going to have a negative sign in front of it. Okay. And before you move on, for the for the unsophisticated investor, but how, myself. Do you, <laughs> how, how do you borrow stock? It's so it's it's um it's an arbitrary statement, right? So we okay when we we all own if we own shares of Apple, right? I got a bunch of sh- Apple. I don't have it in my shoebox in my closet. It's actually just a certificate somewhere in the universe, right? I'll never see it, but that's cool. I know it's triggered that I'm bent, I'm marked somewhere that I have that in some main system somewhere. There's millions and millions of transactions, and this is what took me forever to figure. You asked a great question. Millions of transactions happening that they're like, okay, there's enough that we don't have to j- line it all up. It is lined up somewhere, but right now, let's just make this cat make this trade. At some point, if they have to call it, uh, they will. So when Watch. you borrow, you're literally, so if Anthony owns it and, I, and he doesn't really have to give it to me and I want to short Anthony, like technically short his positions, he never, he doesn't even know I'm doing it. And it's just, it's just a volume of stocks in that particular shares in that particular stock that are out there and you just, you just do it. And if it ever comes to the point where there's too many people selling, shorting a stock, which people can think might happen with Tesla, um, then it becomes an issue. But otherwise, it's 99.99% chance never going to be an issue. So that's mm-hmm. how you, you, know, you re- it's just an arbitrary borrower. And then, me, and then, no, no, no. I was going to say something completely random, but that's, uh, that's for another discussion. <laughs> All right. Now, let me tell you why I love Elon Musk, because he, uh, he's always fighting with the shorts, right? He's, he's doing tweets, et cetera. So recently he launched a, um, a red shirt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he starts with red shorts with gold. <laughs> With gold, <laughs> with gold, sexy written on the back of them, calling them gold, sexy shorts. Just you know what he did? You know what it is? It's his S model. The, the E is like a three, the three model, and X Y, right? So sexy. That's how he spelled it. So it's it's his thing, and he did because he knows there's so many people selling. Them. He called them short shorts, right? It's dope, yeah. and they sold out. They're like 75, 80 bucks. I'm not yep. trying. To, I didn't try to get one, but I did go on the site. Like, what the hell? He actually did do it. <laughs> kind of dope. Gotta love it. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's go, let's cover this thing. So, like, we had 10k invested technically in the shot where I I borrowed it, put it on the market, sold it, and I got to buy it back because I got to give it back to Anthony at some point, right? So the short sale was only made possible by borrowing the shares. All right, I got to get them back. So one month later, the company reports bad earnings for the quarter, and the stock falls to 50. Simple numbers, right? So it's 50 dollars less than what it was when I opened my position. The trader closes the short position and buys a hundred shares at 50 bucks on the open market to replace the shares that he borrowed and gives it back technically to that other borrower who never knew that we even had them. So the trader's profit on the short sales is 10 K that, you know, you five K is 10 K that you had to sell them for. You bought them back for five K, you know, so it's technically it's in reverse. You bought it for five and sold it for 10 is the easy way to look at it. And that's, that's your profit. So you can do this. Now, the problem with this is with Tesla, some people started shorting this thing at $250. It was at like $1,900 the other day, right? So if you bought Tesla stock at 250 and the company went belly up bankrupt and went down to zero, you lost $250 a share right now. If you have 10 shares of that, and so that's $2,500, right? 250 times 10, it goes up to 2000, let's say, 1750 per share times 10. So $17,500, you're out if you shorted that. You have, and that's what happened with some of the Robinhood people, right? They didn't know it was just missed. They were misled in a sense, unfortunately. So it's way riskier. Were they misled? Possibly. <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Okay, they, weren't, they just weren't sophisticated. And that's one of the things that 
you know, like we started the episode, you have to be a sophisticated invest, investor to, to do something like that. That's why, you know, most people recommend you just buy and hold of good companies that you know are going to be around for, you know, 10, 20 <laughs> years. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me jump on this real quick. So, okay, I agree. I think that's the best play, right? It's 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 really not a good idea to short stuff. But if you want to have some fun, you know, because money's available. So you so here's one thing you could do. So Amazon, it was at seventeen fifty, eighteen hundred, whatever. I got in, I got in, I got in. It keeps going up. Now it's at three thousand some. So I shorted it. And I'll be honest, I'll, I'll give you the number. I think it was like twenty nine hundred. So now it went up to thirty two hundred, thirty one. So if technically if I was to buy it back right now, I'd lose three hundred dollars per share. That's cool. I'm not gonna do that yet. At some point, it's going to come down. Now, what I, one key thing we should have mentioned is I'm, I'm paying interest on this thing because when you borrow, you're paying, but it's like 0.001%. It's going to be marginal. You're not going to see it. But if you take a large position, you do it. So volatility is another place. Like Amazon, I don't think, I think Amazon 10 years from now is going to be still killing it. They've probably broken up into three different companies and they're all three going to be killing it, right? Uh, so I'm not betting against them. I'm betting against the volatility in it, in my world. So mm. I think, hey, it's an upward trajectory company. Um, I shorted Apple before, even though I own a lot going up. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm long on it. That's what, what I meant to say. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just a good tool to get in there. I win some of those, I lose some of those, right? Not as bad as a loss in options, but you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's and that's and I think that's the catch where we I think we brought up before we briefly mentioned Robinhood that people who are playing, the, you know, shorting companies. Uh, yeah. You just got to be, you know. It, you know, it's one thing if you playing the whole Amazon Tesla world, but when you start playing some some other companies, I I just I just say just be comfortable losing your money. Yeah. And, yeah. and 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 that's I think I think if you any anytime you you day trade, arguably like if you anytime you start playing that space, you got to really be comfortable with losing money. It all goes back to Las Vegas, right? When you go to yeah. Vegas, you just got to be prepared to lose all your money, and that way, just, if you lose it all, you just go there and have fun. Yeah, right. that's what I do. I don't even gamble. Pool parties, pool parties, man. So, I mean, we went really deep today. This was a, a good episode and uh, one where you know we'll continue to um, keep, keep keep on the topic and, and uh, discuss it more. So, yeah, uh, good job, fellas. Yeah, if you guys cool. any questions? DM us um, at the Whiskey Hue. And I'll shoot him over to the fool. The fool will write out a detailed explanation. Uh, and we'll mention you on the podcast. And we'll answer your question. There no, you go. Yeah, hit us up. So, uh, so, yeah, before we, before we uh, get ready to get off, I want to I wanna jump into one of my favorite parts of the show is shit you should know. Boom. Oh, boy. So, uh, let's see. AG, let, let you kick it off. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to get serious here. Uh, we might pick you last then. But no, nah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, you guys lighten it up, actually. Uh, <laughs> your boy, President Donald D. Donald J. Trump, uh, I don't know if he technically rescinded um, the rule today of the affirmative further fair housing rule of uh, part of the Fair Housing Act, which, you know, makes suburban communities – um, adhere to certain policies and rules if they receive federal funds for housing in their community. So what he did was kind of uh, rescinded this rule so suburban areas don't have to adhere to these policies but still get money from the federal government. And he's kind of you know doing this to kind of appeal to the to suburban community when it comes down to the election. But what it means is it, it's it gives everybody the opportunity when it comes down to education to kind of move to certain areas um, that they naturally might not be able to afford. 
Um, so when it comes down to education, just a safer neighborhood. Um, he did that today. And that's something that we need to pay attention to because, you know, uh, it was a part of the Fair Housing Act and it has helped millions of people in the process. But this is something that was quiet. Um, he mentioned it on his tweets, but it's something that we need to pay attention to, even those living in the suburbs. Hmm. So, you know what? Man, you know, what versus serious. I want to see. You want to see. Let me stick this low brow. I want to see Donald Trump versus Bill Clinton, baby. It's <laughs> run by Jeffrey Epstein's ex-girlfriend. Oh, oh, all the clips. Oh, hey, no, that's no hits, name. all clips. Hey. Oh, 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 damn. Or Melania Trump. Melania Trump versus Will Smith. Broken Spouses Edition. Come on, man. I want to see it. Why are you going to make Okay. You brought up Donald Trump. Your fault. <laughs> you want me to go? You want me to clean this up? Or do you want to go? Okay. I, I, I just brought up something serious. Here comes Chrisa. I just thought of that. Okay, I'll talk about the presidents too. So there's this book I'm reading, Presidents of War, by Michael, I think it's Beschlosh. I think that's how you say it, Beschlosh, something like that. It's about U.S. presidents. I want to see how I relate to the current administration and a couple of previous about U.S. presidents and the conflicts they led the U.S. into, right? So I thought, you know, in a lot of Ooh. re-election Ooh, years, nice. a lot of people nice. get us into wars. Happened with the Bush administration. And then we started doing some attacks and all that <laughs> stuff. So, no, I mean, I'm, I was just thinking, hey, what else could they do if they start going down on the polls? And then the pre- this book goes deep into the president's motivations and the mood of the press and the public and how it plays a part. And was sometimes, mi- and, you know, as far as what the president does to, you know, and uses that information to misguide or misrepresent details. So it's, it doesn't, it stops short of current war. So it's from the war of 1812 through eight presidents all the way up to Vietnam. It's pretty interesting read. Um, and honestly, one last thing. All right. And this is, you know, Netflix just acquired rights to seven black sitcoms and one of them being girlfriends. And I did a lot of music for them back in the day. So I'm about to get paid. We're part, we're partying, we're partying in the pools at the Prashars. They've been okay. in- They've been in syndication for like since since they went off the air because uh, I keep a, getting that's those checks. Grammar, that's not, grammar, right? I think he was a big part of that. And Angie, yeah, Angie yeah. got me into that way back in the day because she did the theme song. So um, I'm hoping I'm hoping like with this Netflix deal, no one knows what it looks like for us. But let's see. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I like how he just bra- he just he just bragged on his. Like, I'm getting paid, son. Not even, not even the simple brag. This is like, no, really- he's, he's, he's buying us Pappy. So when we review Pappy, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, go for it. Go so for mine, I'll close it out with the uh, the launch of the Michelle Obama podcast. Mm. Uh, we've talked about the streaming wars on a couple of other episodes. Um, check it out. Uh, one of the other podcasts on thewhiskeyhue.com. But, you know, this kind of goes along with the strategy of um, Spotify investing in podcasts as a, another um, iteration of their, their, their music uh, streaming. So this is something that, you know, it's probably going to be really big. Um, they gave Joe Rogan, I think it was $100 million. Who knows how much they gave Michelle Obama. Uh, it's not public knowledge, knowledge but she, it kicked off uh, actually on Thursday. Right. Um, and, you know, her first episode, of course, was with. Barack, you think oh. you as a marketing person shouldn't they have held him to like the tenth episode? Because no matter who she gets on, they're going to listen, right? If, no, am I wrong? Really, they want to they want to kick it off big numbers. Okay, um, and you know he can come back again. I mean, <laughs> they're stuck in the house together, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can come back. That's again. true. But, That's true. Well, Mark, he got, he, to, like, he's got the best. He's got the best way to travel, though. Get, get great listeners, and then. You know, she'll have Oprah on. Like her, yeah. her Dex is probably second to none. You know, forever first lady. So yeah. uh, 
Oh, I'm great for the. Uh, if, she, if she hits me up and wants to interview me, we'll have to cancel this uh, interview <laughs> for today, and uh, I will I will jump on her podcast, and I will fly to go to sit in front of her to to do it. I'll drive if I have to. You know what, man? No, I'm gonna do another humble. No brag. offense, another humble brag. My unofficial oh, mentor, go. Michelle, stayed at his house. Bam. <laughs> There you go. This is, this I'll cut been, that out. I sound been, like I'm sounding like Anthony now. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Shots fire! Pew pew okay, okay. pew pew! All right. Listen, this out. This has been the Athol Show, brought to you by the Whiskey Hue. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, note, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about our uh, Johnny Walker Double Black. Um, for me, I liked it. It was a little smoky. Uh, something that you know is inherent with Double Black. They double barrel. Um, so you know you get the smoky feel and smoky taste, and something I enjoy. I, I like uh, some Johnny Walker every now and then. Uh, you know, um, it doesn't have to be at a wedding, but you know, I like it. <laughs> it specifically has to be at a wedding. <laughs> the, the, the culture wars. It's good. To, it's good. It's good to have just in uh just in in the in your like in your bank just to have uh yeah. Uh, a simple set on a day. It's it, it is it for me. It is Peter, and this is my world. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, I, I I don't have a problem with it. It's it's not it's not high echelon, but you know, it is what it is. It's a good. It's a, you'll be surprised. It's not blunt like Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker Black. Like Johnny Walker Black is blunt. This is smooth, and it's got a. But it's it's rough and smooth. It's all it, it's got a nice pocket. Comes in, pow. It's good. Nice taste. I like it me now. <laughs> uh, but that's it, man. That's good. I like it. Right, good. Yeah. You know that? No, this has been the Whiskey Hue. Uh, check us out on our platform. Give us a rating. Uh, visit thewhiskeyhue.com and hit us up on social: Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, etc., etc. Follow Thanks. us. Peace. All that, man. Peace.